slides out of the backfield. Granger steps on. Trying to throw. Will stay on his feet. Some nifty moves. How about this run from Granger? He'll have a first down at the sixth occurrence. Quick shot. Left side. There's Malachi Coy. First guy misses. Second guy misses. Across the 50. Flag in the play. He's free. Bye-bye. As they step up for the break, 94 yards in a cloud of dust for Western Kentucky. State a team that won 12 games a year ago, got the Mountain West Championship game. Chance to get off the bat in their season, a conference opener, but it's Genty who slips the tackle, runs upfield, Ashton Genty! Looking for that end zone. He's got Harvey, and that's a catch for a touchdown. Old Dominion breaks the ice with 7.05 to go here in the fourth. And Javon Harvey holds in touchdown number two on the year. The G5 Hive. All G5, all the time. Welcome to episode number 23 of the G5 Hive, where we aim to bring you all the honey in G5 college football. As always, I am your host, Justice, and I'm joined by my co-host, Luke. How are you doing tonight, Luke? I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, for whatever reason, this Monday did not feel like uh, a Monday for me. Not sure why, but usually it's drags on a Monday. Didn't feel that way. Has not it, sure, uh, but I love it. It's warmed up for you? Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see here. Let's see if I can get... What you is still, the temp? You still got snow on the ground? Oh, yeah. Still got still got the snow on the ground. It is a whopping forty three degrees right now. It's Way better than like the last negative. <laughs> yeah, it was like negative fifteen at some point. So it's there's something about Midwest winter that when you um, go into winter and it gets like thirty two degrees, you have to wear a coat because it's cold. But then, like, when it's going into spring and it hits 32 degrees, it's like, I can wear a sweatshirt. This ain't bad at all. Same temperature, but it's, like, two different outcomes. Today, I walked into to work with a sweatshirt. It was a little bitter, but it's like, oh, I, I can make do with it. Yeah, it's actually, uh, I'm actually colder. It's 39 where I'm at, so that's that's. But it's, but it's, you know, I'm a little behind you, so you'll probably catch me here in the next hour or so. Yeah. But uh, so this week, uh, actually released um, today, I guess, right? Earlier today, uh, yeah. as, as we mentioned on last week's episode, uh, Luke and I, G5 Hive, were asked to participate in the way too early uh, CFF mock draft by CFF Jared. Uh, and we did that, I guess it's been two, three weeks ago now. It, it was re- right uh, in the beginning of January. About two, yeah, two and a half-ish, I think. And uh, and so anyway, we had to record. Uh, we did the draft, and then we did some recording, and everyone sent, all the participants sent it over to Jared uh, last week, and then Jared kind of mashed it together and released uh, the special episode uh, earlier today, we both have had a chance to watch it. Um, I'd encourage everyone to go check it out on their YouTube on the YouTube channel, the Chasing the Natty YouTube. Um, 
It's also available in podcast form as well. Uh, I just prefer, you know, the YouTube. You get to see all the wonderful graphics that uh, Jared puts together. Um, and, it, it, you know, it lasted two hours, and I didn't realize that until you said something about it. But when I was watching it today, I, did, I didn't realize – it didn't feel like two hours to me. Um, so it, it was just great content, and, and I would encourage everyone, if you have not checked it out yet, to, to head on over to the Chasing the Natty YouTube channel and check out that uh, way-too-early mock draft special. Yeah, I would definitely watch it in a YouTube form. I'm, I've got little kids. I'm always on the go. I'm going, going, going. Um, so I listen to it uh, on podcast form. Uh, definitely, definitely would suggest listening to this one uh, on YouTube if you get the chance. Still great in podcast form, uh, but having I think the teams there uh, as they go through the questions. Also, I saw that it was two hours long. I was like, oh, I wonder what Jared add, added to it. And then it was just, you know, all of us talking about our teams. I was like, wow, that I can't believe that lasted two hours. Um, great content. Um, Jared must have done great stuff with the editing because I know uh, we had some players that we talked about that had since moved teams. That I know he definitely had to do some editing for us. So appreciate that, Jared, and that is uh, probably something that was not easy uh, to do with uh, 12, 12 people. So yeah, uh, if if you watch it, you'll notice that uh, we drafted PJ Hatter. That's not technically who we drafted. We drafted Jaden Delora at uh, Texas State, but that was before all the all the stuff kind of went down, and, and he ended up uh, leaving the program. So. We just swapped PJ Hatter in there, Texas State quarterback. Um, so yeah, but uh, great time, and, and thanks for Jared to Jared for uh, giving us an invite. We greatly appreciate it. And hopefully, uh, we can. Uh, hopefully, we, you know some of the picks we made, like the Mario Anderson, um, will will turn out and, uh, and turn around and shine uh, for Memphis this coming year. So last week we uh, kicked off our. Uh, transfer portal and coaching changes conference by conference with the American Athletic Conference. Tonight, we are going to move over to Conference USA. And the first team uh, we're going to start with is the Florida International Golden Panthers. Um, any coaching changes we need to be aware of, Luke? Uh, no major coaching changes here. All coaches are will be going into their third year. So continuity, at least from a coaching standpoint. What do we got for players leaving and going? So uh, they, they definitely took some hits um, as far as who's leaving. Uh, probably the biggest one is wide receiver Chris Mitchell, who is going over to Notre Dame. They also lost quarterback uh, Grayson James going to uh, Boston College. And wide receiver Jalen Bracey is out of eligibility. They do bring in two receivers, one of them being Juju Lewis from Georgia Tech. And the other is DJ Washington from New Mexico. Um, they return their quarterback. They return, uh, they return their starting quarterback, I guess I should say, um, with uh, Keon Jenkins. And uh, they're running backs as well with um, Shamari Lawrence and Kajan Owens also return their top two running backs. Um, like we said, Chris Mitchell's gone. That's probably their biggest loss. But their next two leading receivers, Dean Patterson and Eric Rivers, return. 
And on the offensive line, they return most, uh, looks like all the starters except for one. So for the most part, other than losing Mitchell, not um, not uh, not too, too big of a loss there uh, other than Mitchell. So someone's got to step in and replace his 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns of last year. Who that's going to be, it's kind of too early to tell. Uh, Dean Patterson was their second leading receiver with uh, 28 catches for 423 yards, followed by Eric Rivers, uh, 32 catches for 343 yards. Uh, they're both sophomores. And then, like I said, you got the transfers of uh, DJ Washington and Juju Lewis. Maybe one of those guys steps up in Chris Mitchell's absence. Still remains to be seen. Not something I'm interested in from a fantasy perspective um, here. Might be one of those guys that, depending on how many waiver pickups you get, that you might, you know, do a bi-week fill-in type thing here or there. Uh, especially with, you know, most of the offensive line uh, coming back. Maybe uh, running back, Shamari plug Lawrence. and play here and there. Um, but yeah, I don't think there'll be much Florida International Panther uh, fantasy, I guess, fantasy goodness uh coming coming here so yeah definitely not and definitely not some not unless you're in a, a very shallow league you're probably not targeting any of florida international guys uh this coming year at least not at this point um next up is a newcomer to the conference usa last year um and they actually got to go to a bowl game last year uh because there weren't enough eligible teams and that is the jacksonville state gamecocks what do we got for coaching changes so out is their DC Zach Alley. He is now the co-defensive coordinator at Oklahoma. That's a and, big loss because their defense was really good last year. Yes, yes, it was, and uh, gave them plenty of opportunities there on the offensive side. Uh, you know, especially run it. You know, I want to say run and shoot. That's not like their offense, but it's like run. It's like go, go, go all the time. Yes, very fast-paced offense. Um, in comes uh, DC Luke Olson. Uh, first time I I wrote this down uh, out of habit. I don't know why, but I put Lute Olson. Uh, you know, great <laughs> old Arizona basketball coach. <laughs> coach. I was like, I don't know what he's doing doing a DC here in Jacksonville State, but you know, who am I to say? But yeah, Luke Olson. Uh, he was last a senior defensive analyst at TCU. And was the DC at Tulsa in 2022? So it goes and from DC to Tulsa, then over to TCU last year. Tulsa Tulsa had a decent defense in 2022. Um, so hopefully he can uh, get that going and, and keep the momentum uh, for that defense at Jacksonville State. Um, as far as players leaving, probably the, the, the two big ones, as we said, they're a fast paced offense, they run the ball a lot, um, not a whole lot that you expect from the passing offense, but they lose uh, quarterback Zion Webb, who is out of eligibility, um, who really came on strong towards the end of last year and was, you know, definitely a starter, um, you know, for uh, college fantasy teams at, towards the end of the year, once they kind of settled on him. And then uh, running back Malik Jack Jackson, um, who we talked about, he, he kind of fell off the end of the year because, because of injury, but, for the first several, you know, I don't know, half the season or so, you know, he wasn't anything spectacular, but he was pretty steady, right? You know, getting you, you know, probably 10 to 12 points a, a week, 
Um, but Malik Jackson is out of, out of eligibility. And the other guys they lose are receivers. They lose Perry Carter and Jamire Joyner, who are both out of eligibility. And then Sterling Galbin, um, receiver, going to Stephen F. Austin. Now, who's coming in? Uh, first quarterback, Zion Turner from Connecticut, um, which just kind of, to me, just messes messes up this quarterback room, right, um, with Logan Smothers and, and others there. So it doesn't really help give much clarity. Uh, they bring in wide receiver Brandon Spector from Clemson. I kind of like what, that. And yeah, I mean, I think he he could be he could be a you know a decent uh, receiver for them. And then Samaria Rudolph from a UAB. They also bring in um, from a fantasy perspective the guys you're. I mean, in this offense, it's it's the quarterback and and probably would be number one, and then um, the running back. I'd say, you know, they, they have Logan Smothers still there. Ashton Fry is there. Uh, both of those guys played this past year. Uh, Fry was Fry is a bit more of a passer than he is a runner, whereas Smothers is more of a runner than he is a passer. Uh, Zion Turner um, also kind of fits that mold more of a runner than a, than a passer. Uh, Zion Turner uh, does have starting experience from his time at Connecticut. Um I expect it to kind of be a battle between Smothers and Turner. Um, Smothers, you know, I think a lot of people had high hopes for Smothers that, um, you know, he came over from Nebraska from the, from the, from the P five. I think people had higher expectations for him. Um, and, and he, he had, he had moments where he played well last year and then he had other moments where, you know, he didn't play so well. Um, I think Smothers is going to, you know, have the leg up, you know, yeah, coming, absolutely. coming in with a, I think running a, an offense that quick, you, you've got to know the hand signals, audibles, like all those things uh, I think really play a part in it. I think that really gives him a leg up. We'll see how spring practice goes and, and whatnot, but it's hard it's hard to mentally practice that stuff uh, at that speed. So I, if anything, I feel like you know he, he starts right away, and then if he has like a short leash – you know, then maybe it's pulled and, and it's more well, on the job training. And we saw last year, um, you know, Rich Rod's not, not scared to throw different quarterbacks out there because he threw three different quarterbacks out there. So, you know, it's something to kind of pay attention to. Um, but I agree with you. Smothers should probably get the first crack at the starting gig. Um, as far as running backs, you got Ron Wiggins and Anwar Lewis, uh, both returning. Uh, Ron and, 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 they, you know, from a from a production standpoint, they were, you know, pretty spot on, close, identical to each other. Uh, Wiggins had 92 attempts for 468 yards, six touchdowns. Anwar Lewis had 93 attempts, 452 yards, and three touchdowns. Those are probably the two guys you're looking at, and 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 they do they do spread the ball around. Now Malik Jackson last year had 146 yards, 890. I mean, 146 attempts, 897 yards, and seven touchdowns. A lot of his damage, was, like I said, was done earlier in the year when, when Wiggins and Lewis weren't necessarily healthy. Um, so he kind of got, you know, he shared only with Zion Webb, whereas uh, Wiggins and Lewis are also going to share at the quarterback. So, you, you you know, you may see something similar again where you see, you know, three guys with 600 yards apiece. And there might not be that one guy that uh, stands out, but maybe, you know, Wiggins is going to be the guy that's going to get the goal line carry. So, you, you, you know, you take a shot on him if he's going to 
you know, get that 600 yards and then potential double digit touchdowns. And then if Zion Turner gets, gets playing time uh, or gets that starting job, I think wide receivers are something that you got to look into. Like you said, being more of a passing quarterback is, is not much of the, the runner type. I think, uh, playing at that fast pace you're bringing in a quarterback to throw the ball like good idea to go get a a wide receiver in a pass happy offense um you know perry carter was their leading receiver last year he had 70 targets uh he caught 38 of those for 687 yards and four touchdowns um and then but he's gone so they're gonna have to replace him uh but they do return sean brown at tight end who had 41 targets, caught 19 balls, 294 yards, five touchdowns. So, you know, that's if not you, bad for a tight end. You, yeah. If you're in a deep tight end league, Sean Brown's definitely someone to look at. And the offensive line looks like they lose uh, two of their primary guys. Uh, so, so not, not too bad there. All right. Moving on to the new kids on the block, uh, the Kennesaw State Owls. What do you want to tell us about the coaches there? All right, so I had a lot of fun learning a little bit more about the Kennesaw State Owls. So, you know, we've got some stuff to share with you. So head coach Brian Bohannon, uh, he's going into year 12. He's been with the team since the football team started there. Uh, he's 68-24 and 24 overall. Uh, so didn't really know what to expect. Digging deep into uh, the coaches. OC and offensive line coach Chris. I'm gonna Klanakis. 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 Uh, I don't love seeing um, an OL next to the OC. Um, usually that's a quarterback coach or maybe on occasion wide receiver coach. But yeah, I was like, offensive line. Okay, so do they run the ball? Oh, heck yeah, they do. Um, but he is in year two. Uh, his, I'll say, claim to fame is he, uh, it's, it's funny. I would recommend going to the Kennesaw State uh, team page and reading the bio, but pretty much says, you know, Lamar would pretty much be nowhere without him. Lamar Jackson, he coached him at Louisville, um, and he coached Colin Kaepernick at Nevada, which, of course, would be nothing without him. You know this and this, so it was it was very funny how things were uh, phrased, but yeah, had a couple solid running quarterbacks there, um, and he was the O line coach at Liberty in 2022. So uh, I believe I'm trying to remember stats wise, but I think their quarterback was second on the team in rush attempts. Yeah. Um, so definitely they they run an option. Our triple option, their their twist. Not exactly what you know Army does, but they yeah. have a flavor of the same I, thing. I wa I watched uh, I watched one of their games today because I was trying to get a feel for like who do they who are they who can you compare them to? And I got and I've got to so I, and I watched them play. I watched their game against Furman, which uh, happened this past year. It was early in the season, and. I would I would not say they play like Air Force, Army, or Navy. Um, they throw the ball, or at least they. Again, this is only a one game sample, so 
Take that for what it's worth. But in that game, they threw the ball much more than the Army, Air Force, and Navy throws the ball. Um, it didn't really look like – I mean, they ran plays that looked like plays that those other teams run, the triple option teams. But overall, the offense didn't necessarily look like a like you know what you would think a triple option offense would look like. Um, the quarterback was almost always in the shotgun. The running back was either behind him or lined up next to him, and it was a single back. And then they had three guys out wide. A lot of that time, what that was one of those three guys out wide was a running back, and then they had um, a tight end in line. So it really looked more like a, I'd say a spread offense per se than, than did they do a, like than a triple jet, jet sweeps or anything like that. They did. They they ran they ran the dive, running back dive, fullback dive. Um, in this case, the running back. They only have a single running. Most plays, there's only a single running back in the in the backfield. Uh, they ran the running back dives. They ran jet sweeps, and um, on occasion, the quarterback would run like a more true option where he's running with the ball and pitching it out to, to a guy on the outside. Um, so, yeah, there, there are plays like that, like you would see in uh, in those other offenses. But that game against Furman, they passed the ball a whole lot more than Air Force, Army, and Navy passed the ball. And, you know, unlike, I guess probably more like Army, probably don't want a piece of this offense for a fantasy football perspective. No. Not like Air Force where you want, you know, a running back there. Uh, probably more like the Army uh, standpoint. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I they weren't good. They weren't – they were just – I mean, I don't know. They weren't anything exciting. They, they didn't do anything that said, hey, I want this guy. Um, yeah. So, can I say – State does have um, a little change. So out is defensive coordinator Nathan Burton. He is going to Troy to be their defensive coordinator. And in comes uh, D.C. Greg Harris. He is uh, previously the linebacker coach for the last four years. So he's been with that defense. But this will be year one as the D.C. So Defensive-wise, you know, he's got the culture, he's been around, he's got the attitude, you know, everything that goes into what you want your your defense to be, whatever, you know, kind of ticks that they have, et cetera. I think they won't miss, you know, much of a beat. Probably Greg Harris probably has an idea of, you know, what Burton was doing. So probably stay the same there. What do we got for who's leaving, who's coming, what do we need to get to know uh, so, for these Kennesaw State Owls? You know, um, as far as who's leaving, this is we're, I'm just going to kind of go over these guys, just kind of give you guys some perspective about the numbers pe- folks put up in these on this offense, because um, you're not going to be familiar with them. Uh, but their quarterback, Jonathan Murphy, the starting quarterback, he is gone. Um, last season, he had 1,190 yards passing, eight passing touchdowns. He had uh, 118 rushing attempts for 584 yards and seven rushing touchdowns. As Luke alluded to earlier, he was their second leading rusher uh, on the team. And then they also, as, as I mentioned, they uh, you know they have a running back out wide. Well, two running backs are their leading receivers. Um, 
but they're not like out of the backfield. They're they're actually lined up out wide. But uh, running back Isaac Foster, who from a rushing perspective only had eight attempts for 54 yards, uh, but he was our second leading receiver with 17 receptions, 210 yards, and a touchdown. Both of these guys are gone and moving on. Um, they do have one guy coming in that I just wanted to mention. Again, they they don't rush the ball well enough or pass the ball well enough that I want to, I would target any of these folks in a in a normal CFF draft. I mean, I gotta imagine like the only time any of these guys are gonna get drafted is maybe a conference USA only league. Uh, but wide receiver sure. Christian Christian Moss is coming in. He's coming over from Virginia Tech. Maybe uh, drafted as a placeholder for another person. <laughs> true, very true. So uh, on offense, I just I'll mention two guys. You you know just kind of maybe jot their names down. I would not I do not advocate drafting either of these guys, but just come on to kind of you know you know keep keep on uh, keep on a list to to check out as the season gets going here. And the first <clears throat> is the guy that's expected to be the starting quarterback is uh, Davis Bryson. He has three years of el- three years of eligibility left. He did get some playing time this past year. Uh, he only had 53 yards passing, no passing touchdowns. But on the ground, he had 24 attempts for 215 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Um, and then the other was their leading rusher, uh, who has one year of eligibility left, and that's Michael Benefield. And he had 87 attempts, 566 yards rushing, for six touchdowns and then four catches for 24 yards. And he was their leading rusher this past year. Um, and, you know, unless you're in a super deep league, maybe you're going to use Benefield as a, uh, a bye week fill in. But at, at this point, that's like, that's the best you could hope for. I think uh, with this Kennesaw state offense. So moving on from the new kids on the block to the, uh, the champions of the league, and that is the Liberty Flames. What do we got for coaching changes for Liberty? No coaching changes as the coaching staff looks to build off of year one and going into year two together. Uh, Year one went pretty well, uh, but maybe this year, I haven't looked at their schedule. Maybe this year they'll actually play somebody. Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked either. Um, I heard – Watching the the way too early back draft, whoever was that drafted Caden Salter, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they made a comment about him having a super soft schedule again. So assume they must have looked at it. Um, as far as who's leaving, uh, they lose. Hold up, before we get started here, moment of silence for this first loss. I was very, very excited for Reese Mooney taking over at Liberty. And he's leaving. So quick moment of silence for me. I lost a good one. Granite, North Texas. Like that opportunity just as much. But anyways. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, last uh, last summer, um, you and I talking about Reese Mooney in the, in the offseason. Uh, I think you were in a draft and he was someone you were looking at. Yep. But, yeah, so Reese Mooney's gone. They also lost uh, – Jonathan Bennett, quarterback to the Citadel. Um, both of those guys are depth pieces. Um, now, this is where the impacts are. They lose wide receiver C.J. Daniels, their leading receiver to LSU. They lose wide receiver Treon Sibley out of eligibility. They lose wide receiver 
Noah Frith out of eligibility. Wide receiver Elijah Smoot out of eligibility. Wide receiver Aaron Bedgood out of eligibility. And tight end Bentley Hanshaw out of eligibility. They lose their top six pass catchers. Um, and, and that's probably the biggest impacts I see uh, based on who's leaving. Um, who's coming in? They do bring in uh, quarterback Ryan Berger from App State, who was expected, or at least in the mix, to be the starter for App State last season before he got injured. Um, so he's there to provide some depth for Caden Salter. And then they bring in wide receiver Tyson Mobley from uh, from Coastal Carolina. Um, running backs, they return uh, Quentin Cooley and Billy Lucas. Uh, Von Blue uh, also returns from injury, who uh, many people were excited about last year, got injured early in the year. Uh, Quentin Cooley just kind of, you know, rolled, got rolling, especially towards the end of the season. He ended up with 14, uh, 1,400 and 1,401 yards rushing on 221 attempts and 16 touchdowns. Um, he was their leading rusher. Caden Salter, of course, also broke the 1,000-yard mark. Um, Billy Lucas almost had 600 yards and six touchdowns. So, that, that you know, it'll be interesting. To me, it's going to be interesting to see, can Cooley repeat that again with the return of Von Blue and Lucas? Do they share that load a little bit more? Um, something kind of, kind of, you know, to, to watch out for potentially. Um, and then the receivers, man. I don't even know. I don't. Kylan Austin uh, is their leading receiver that returns, um, and he caught uh, had eleven targets for three catches and eighty-four yards, no touchdowns. So. You know, they, they've got to replace a lot of production uh, from their wide receivers. They do lose their top two offensive linemen as well. Um, but that, that receiving room is going to be something to kind of pay attention to, especially in the spring. See, is, is there a standout? You know, who's going to – is there someone that's going to replace that 1,000-yard season for C.J. Daniels? Um, who's going to be Caden Salter's favorite target? It's definitely something that uh, we'll be watching – for this in the spring, yeah, because if no one pops off, uh, kind of like in our our draft, way too early draft, he was the first quarterback taken, and if if there's not really somebody that steps up, I don't know if I'll be taking Salter as high in other drafts. Granted, he still gives you that rushing upside, and their and their uh, schedule isn't hard. Um, they've got App State, UMass. And like another like FCS school or something like that at a bye week in there, so it'll be pretty easy. Uh, but maybe they just write. I mean, Von Blue was a big name, uh, freshman name last year. I think a lot of people were excited about him, so I can see him getting a lot, a lot more run. And yeah, maybe Salter doesn't pass it as much this year. Um, maybe he does because he's trying to get drafted, but. I think it would be some more uncertainty, and let's say let's say somebody doesn't step up in that wide receiver room in redraft. Where would you look to take Salter in in relation to other quarterbacks? Not like the round or anything, but would he still be your top three, four quarterbacks, or would he kind of drop? I mean, I think he, I think he's got to be. I think he's got to be in that top group. Um, 
I personally would not have any shares of him because I just, I just feel like the value isn't there. Um, you know, and, and, and multiple folks talked about it in the way too early mock draft about, Hey, you know, you lose even, even the, even, I think maybe it was Josh that took Salter. Um, but he, he, you know, that, that he felt like he should have took somebody else, like seeing the quarterbacks he could have gotten in rounds, you know, six, seven, um, that the value wasn't there to take a quarterback in the first round. And that, that's just, that's my personal opinion as well. That's kind of, that's the way I feel almost every single year. Um, but you know, somebody's going to take Salter early. It's going to happen. He's going to go in the first round. Um, personally, if it's if it's me, I'm I'm waiting to take a quarterback. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna own any Salter in any redraft leagues unless he falls really really far, which is not very likely. Because you're holding out because you want Seth Hennigan. We know justice. We know. <laughs> uh, I just think you get. I think you get. You know. I just think the value between him and a quarterback you can get much later. There's a I'd rather rather take the later quarterback, and I'd rather, you know, take a running back or, or like 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 our strategy, take uh, hit those receivers early. So Louisiana Tech is the uh, the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs are the other uh, team that we're going to talk about here. Coaching changes out is OC Jake Brown. He goes to another team uh, that we'll talk about later. He goes to UTEP and Scott Power out as dc in comes scott parr oc and tight end coach and in comes jeremiah johnson who comes from uh, university of northern iowa not too far from where i live i would say northern iowa probably roughly 45 minutes to an hour away um and in 2022, he was the DC at Kent State, uh, and then he previously was nine seasons as UNI's or University of Northern Iowa's defensive coordinator. So it looks like he was at UNI for nine seasons, goes to Kent State for a season, comes back to UNI, and then now is off to Louisiana Tech. Well, with these changes, uh, they got their work cut out for them because the offense loses a ton um, here for Louisiana Tech. Quarterback Hank Bachmeyer is off to Wake Forest. Running back Sharvis Thornton is in the is in the transfer portal. He has not uh, destination has not been announced yet, so I guess technically he can still return. Uh, running back Tyree Shelton is out of eligibility. Wide receiver Cyrus Allen is off to Texas A and M. And wide receiver Smoke Harris is out of eligibility. Additionally, they lose six um, of their offensive linemen. Um, and they have so that's almost half their offensive linemen. They do have seven that return from last season. Um, so a lot of losses on this offense. Uh, guys that are coming in, you got running back Denario Davenport from Texas State, wide receiver Jeremiah Ballard from UTEP, and wide receiver. Uh, Jamarcus Jones coming over from UAB. Uh, quarterback, I assume the starter is going to be Jack Turner, who got some starts for them this past year. Um, you know, did okay, had a, a 57% completion percentage, threw for 1,000 yards, five touchdowns, uh, five interceptions. 
Um, and running back, they return uh, freshman uh, Keith Willis, who was their second leading rusher, uh, 51 uh, attempts, 288 yards, and seven touchdowns. And then uh, at receiver, like I said they lose their uh, their top two guys there in Smoke Harris and Cyrus Allen. But they do bring in Jeremiah Ballard, who had 55 targets, caught 34 balls for 551 yards uh, last season for UTEP. Um, they also have True Edwards there, who uh, I know some people in uh, Campus of Canton were excited about. Um, he had 35 targets. 23 catches, 284 yards, and two touchdowns last year. And like I said, the offensive line, they've got a lot of replacement to do there. Um, I, I just expect expect them to kind of take a step backwards a little bit on offense with having to replace so much uh, between quarterback, receiver, and offensive line. Um, but, you know, p- perhaps there will be a receiver or two that can step up. Uh, Smoke Harris was their leading receiver last year. He did have over 100 targets. He caught 83 balls for 796 yards and four touchdowns. And then Cyrus Allen was the second leading receiver, 75 targets, 46 uh, receptions, 778 yards and four touchdowns. So there could be some value there if, if uh, you know, if there's a receiver like Jeremiah Ballard or uh, a true Edwards that's going to step up and into those roles and they get good quarterback play as well as, offensive line play since they have to replace so much. Yeah, there's a lot that needs to go right. Um, so probably not a place that I'm looking at uh, no. filling any of my my teams here. <clears throat> moving, no, on to, moving on to Middle Tennessee, the Blue Raiders. I'm not going to lie. I was really, really excited uh, for this team coming into this year. Uh, and then once their head coach, Rick Stahl, uh, was let go, I'm taking more of the wait-and-see approach to see how this offense goes. So that leads me into the coaching changes. Uh, head coach Rick uh, Stockstill out. He n- doesn't have anything lined up. Neither does his OC, Mitch Stewart, and neither does his DC, Scott Schaefer. Uh, so usually you see coaches get uh, plucked right away. No, uh, no jobs for these guys as of as of now. In comes Derek Mason, head coach. Uh, in 2023, he was an analyst for the SEC Network. In 2022, he was the defensive coordinator at OK State or Oklahoma State. In 2021, he was the DC for Auburn, and 2014 to 2021 or 2020. Uh, he was the head coach at Vandy. Um, you're going to bring in a defensive-minded head coach, so I'm kind of interested. What are we doing at OC? OC is Brody Reader. In 2019, he was the OC at Texas State. In 2020, he was the OC at Utah State. 2021, offensive analyst at Auburn. And then 2022 to 2023, he was the OC at UNI. Uh, haven't watched much you and I football FCS school uh one might if you don't know who or you and I as a team uh David Johnson running back of the Arizona Cardinals came out of you and I so they got the one guy 
Um, but, you know, Utah State, you think of that track record of what they like to do. North Texas of what they like to do. Um, 2021, that would have been Bo Nix, right? I think. And then, uh, yeah, not familiar with what you and I has done this year, but I would assume he's coming in there to throw the ball. Defensive coordinator that Derek Mason is bringing in with him, Brian Stewart, D.C. in 2023 with the Houston Roughnecks, the XFL. First XFL coach I've seen uh, coming into the college ranks, at least doing this. And in 2021, he was the D.C. at Maryland. So who's coming? Who's leaving? All right. Uh, so they lose uh, running back Frank Peasant. Um, he's in the portal. No destination has been um, mentioned yet. They lose wide receiver Elijah Metcalf to Marshall. Wide receiver Justin Olson to Charlotte. Um, I'm not going to go through all the receivers, but they lose a lot. Uh, they lose six of their top seven pass catchers. The only one that's still there is wide receiver slash tight end Holden Willis, who happened to be their uh, leading receivers last year. They also lose five of their top seven um, offensive linemen. So, you know, pass catchers and line is, is also going to be an issue for Middle Tennessee State. They'll need people to step up. Uh, who's coming in? They bring in running back Brian Bruton from Connecticut, wide receiver Omari Kelly from Auburn, and wide receiver Jamarian Carter from uh, Vanderbilt. Um, returning for them at quarterback is Nicholas Vatiato, um, who's someone that, you know, I kind of like last year, have a few shares of going in. Um, but I don't know that I'm going to be actively pursuing him where I don't already own him. Um, Tough with a line – well, you losing, losing all the line, losing all the receivers, new coaches. Um, you know, I think people might look at his stats last year, and he might go a little bit higher. You know, he had three thousand yard, three thousand eighty-seven yards passing, twenty-three passing touchdowns, four hundred and two yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns. Statistic-wise, he's he's going to look good. So he he might you know go a little bit higher in drafts. Um, then I'm going to, then I would possibly be willing to take them. Um, running back, uh, they do return uh, Jaden Credle, uh, who was their leading rusher last year with 427 yards and two touchdowns. Um, like I said, receiver is a mess um, other than Holden Willis. And it'll be interesting to see if Holden Willis maintains his tight end eligibility. Because I got to expect, uh, you know, Derek Mason is going to be more traditional with his tight ends. Whereas I think Holden Willis is really a receiver that, you know, that they may have labeled a tight end in Middle Tennessee. I don't think he's really a tight end. He doesn't have that size. So I'm, I almost wonder. I just exercise caution that, you know, will, will Holden Willis main, you know, what will he be on their official roster? And will fan tracks uh, follow suit if he is a receiver? Will they make him a, a receiver on fan tracks as well? So just a word of caution because Holden Willis is probably – I think he was the number 
two or three tight end in our draft? Number three, right? Was it uh, Fannin and Dalvin Smith went first, one and two? Yeah. And then Willis was three. Um, and maybe RJ Maryland was four, we'll, something we'll, like we're that. We're not talking about Western Kentucky yet, but, you know, Dalvin Smith's another one. Um, but, yeah, I just, you know, just a word of caution. If you're taking Willis so early, there's a chance that he could not be a tight end anymore in fan track. So just uh, just be – I don't know. For me, that's an, it's going to be an avoid for him, um, for Holden Willis. Um, I think I'm I'm taking – if I am drafting and my draft is start, no matter when it is, if, if at that point uh, Holden Willis is labeled a tight end, I would feel comfortable taking him with the expectation that I will lose the eligibility. So it's kind of like, you know, you've got your ice cream and you got the cherry on top. Hey, I might, you know, and you're not going to take them early. I think you're going to have to take them later to, to feel comfortable with that. It's like, all right. Yeah. I lost the eligibility. That's okay. As opposed to like, Oh, I'm going to go get this cheat code guy. And then you lose the eligibility. And the only reason you grabbed him was for the cheat code. Well, the the one thing that is good is by the time most folks draft, like the roster, the spring roster will be out, and you'll be able to see what does the official roster call him. Official roster calls him a tight end, then you know you could feel really safe about the pick, right? If if, if the official roster says he's a receiver, then you got to kind of weigh that in um, when you're selecting him. Uh, next up is the New Mexico State Aggies. Coaching changes. We have. Out, head coach Jerry Kill goes uh, to Vandy to be a consultant. I don't really know what you do as a consultant, but that seems like a job I might be interested in. Uh, just consult. I also don't know what you can consult Vandy in because I know this is a G5 podcast, but Vandy does a very good job of identifying athletes and under-the-radar guys, developing them, so... I want to learn more about a consultant. Well, he's Jerry Kill has beaten uh, Auburn the last two times he played him, so maybe he can he can get Vanderbilt to a win over Auburn. Yeah, <laughs> and then we've got OC Tim Beck. Uh, he's out. He goes to be the OC at Vandy, and DC Nate uh, Drilling. He goes to become the Utah State defensive coordinator. Um, also, Melvin Rice was a co-DC there. Uh, he goes to be the safeties coach at Vandy. So you can see a lot of Vandy uh, here in the New Mexico State Aggies. In comes head coach Tony Sanchez. He was previously uh, the wide receiver coach for the last two years um, and has head coaching experience from the UNLV staff 2015 to 2019. Um, OC, uh, Gali, uh, Muhammad Lankford, previously the running back coach in 2022 and 2023, uh, Illinois State, uh, in 2020 and 2021, he was the OC, and in 2019, he was a wide receiver coach, all, uh, and that would have been at Illinois State. So, Illinois State, wide receiver coach. Then co-OC for two years. Then he becomes the running back coach there at uh, New Mexico State. DC comes in. Joe Morris. He 
He was previously the DC and the defensive end coach for Sam Houston for the last three years. So that is his background. Justice, who do we have that's leaving and who's coming in? I feel like this is a recurring theme for most of these teams in Conference USA, but you know, I, I think New Mexico State's going to be another avoid uh, for me in fantasy drafts. So they're losing uh, do everything quarterback Diego Pavia off to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. They, oh, they lose quarterback Gavin Frakes to Virginia. They lose backup quarterback Blaze Berlowitz to Vanderbilt. Oh, Vanderbilt. They lose wide receiver Jonathan Brady to California. Uh, tight end Thomas Whitford is out of eligibility. And the only quarterback left on the roster who did, and he was the quarterback last year. Um, they moved him to tight end, I think, just to get him on the field. Uh, that's former Texas A&M Aggie Eli Stowers. He is the only quarterback currently on the roster um, from last season. In the portal, they did get uh, quarterback Deuce Hogan from Kentucky. Um, running back, they return uh, their second leading um, running rusher behind Diego Pavia, and that was Star Thomas, who had 653 yards on 112 attempts and four touchdowns, and uh, Amante Watkins, who had 572 yards on 59 attempts for two touchdowns. Uh, receivers, their leading receiver, Jonathan Brady, is gone. Their second re- leading receiver, Trent Hudson, returns. He had 57 targets, 34 catches, 545 yards. He did have 10 touchdowns last year. Um, offensive line, good news. They return everybody but one. Um, so, you know, good news there from an offensive line standpoint. But, you know, Diego Pavia was really the only one that, you know, I think folks would have rostered, um, and, and he's gone. So, you know, this this is another uh, avoid for me for fantasy purposes. Um, just on the surface, if I am looking for something, I need to have something from this team on my fantasy team. Look no further than the running back. You've got the running back coach, goes to become the OC. You've got a line that is uh, coming back. That's pretty well, and your your running back's coming back. So if you have to take somebody, um, I'm looking running back here. Um, yeah, pretty much an avoid for, for me this year. The other thing that you mentioned, uh, hey, you know, there's not a lot of fancy options in this in this conference, it seems, going through this. Also seems like coach poaching, like, within conference, like, all right, I'm going to go be a DC over here from over here, uh, OC over here, over here. Uh, kind of interesting going through uh, these teams. All right. Uh, next up, another newcomer to the conference next uh, this past season, and that was the Sam Houston Bearcats. Coaching changes? None. We're going to get uh, quite the team coming back. I think they won one game last year. Uh, the last team to get a win in the FBS. So, you know, maybe Sam Houston messes around, gets like two or three wins this year. We'll see. Um, who's leaving? They lose their quarterback, uh, Keegan Shoemaker, who's out of eligibility, Grant Gannell out of eligibility, and wide receiver Alvante Woodard out of eligibility. 
Um, so you say, well, they need a quarterback. Well, they bring one in. Uh, quarterback Jace Bauer from yeah. Central Michigan uh, coming over to Sam Houston. They also bring in tight end Austin Smith from Memphis, tight end Fernando Garza from Texas A&M. And then, and then someone I want to mention who, who isn't a newcomer, but who uh, returns from injury. He was their leading receiver in 2021. He uh, redshirted in 2022, got injured in 2023. Uh, and that's Ify Adeye. Um, so, you know, they, they addressed their biggest need, which is quarterback with uh, Jace Bauer. They return uh, running back John Gentry, who was their leading rusher um, last season with 394 yards, uh, three touchdowns on 119 attempts. And uh, probably the biggest one is they return Noah Smith at receiver. Uh, yes. Their leading receiver, uh, 101 targets, 79 receptions, 782 yards, and 10 touchdowns. 10, I'm sorry, six touchdowns. Uh, he was, especially towards the end of the year, he was a PPR monster, man. Um, and so, you know, hopefully uh, he can be, he can kind of get that connection going with Jace Bauer. Um, offensive line. They pretty much return everyone that matters. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think uh, this is an offense where you're, you're going to, you know, probably go after Jace Bauer and and uh, Noah Smith. And pour one out for Grant, you know, just never, never materialized over at, what was it, Arizona to Memphis to North Texas to yeah. – Sam Houston. He's a Texas high school legend, though, right? I mean, didn't he own a lot of uh, high school records? Yep. Yeah. Um, passing yeah, records in the state of Texas. So, yeah, he's his. No one has to worry about drafting uh, Grant Gannell anymore. He's 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 done. All right, so that takes us over to the UTEP Miners. Well, a new team in the CUSA, or that we're talking about, new team. Uh, same story. All the coaches out. So, uh, out head coach Dana Dimel, uh, OC Scotty O'Hara, DC uh, Bradley Dale Pavito, all out. In Scotty Walden, head coach joins the minor after four seasons at the head coach of Austin P State University. Shocking, D.C. J.J. Clark joins his staff from Austin P. Um, he was coaching, or he uh, he was coached linebackers um, and spent three seasons as a defensive coordinator at the NAIA level. He was promoted to become the D.C. and the safeties coach uh, in 2023. So he will uh, assume the DC position there. And then like we spoke earlier, Jake Brown is their offensive coordinator. Brown was the co-offensive coordinator at Louisiana tech. The last two years previously worked uh, at Texas tech Baylor and TCU prior to Louisiana tech. Aaron Foster, the cornerbacks coach and passing game coordinator at Austin P now safeties coach and passing game coordinator at UTEP. Uh, I did want to put passing game coordinator in there with Aaron Foster because, you know, yes, Jake Brown was the OC 
at uh, Louisiana Tech, but he was um, the co-OC there. So really not sure play calling wise. So I kind of wanted to attack this from both in case Jake Brown doesn't do the play calling and maybe, you know, maybe Aaron Foster's has some influence on this, but yeah, passing game coordinator, Austin P. So Austin P coach gets hired, brings in a lot of his staff shocker. He brings in more than a lot of his staff. He brings in a lot of players too. So, uh, Who's leaving? Uh, quarterback Gavin Hardison out of eligibility. Running back Torrance Burgess Jr. is off to Texas State. Uh, running back Deion Hankins is over to Texas uh, State. Texas State as well. Um, that just happened that just here happened. in the last couple days. Yeah. Maybe, uh, why, maybe yesterday. Wide Soon. receiver Jeremiah Ballard, who we talked about earlier, is over to Louisiana Tech. Wide receiver Tyron Smith over to Cincinnati. Wide receiver Kelly Akahari, uh over to Mississippi State. They lose their top four pass catchers, lose their top five offensive linemen. Um, who's coming in? And almost every single one of these players is from Austin P. Uh, quarterback Skylar Locklear from Austin P. Running back Calvin Hill from Texas State. Running back Javon Jackson from Austin P. Running back Marquez Taylor from Austin P. Wide receiver Cam Thomas from Austin P. Wide receiver Trey Goodman from Austin P. Wide receiver Kenny Odom from Austin P. And wide receiver Ashton Nickelberry from Austin P. Um, I guess if I was going to highlight, they do return uh, Cade McConnell at a quarterback who did start some games for him last year. Um, if I was to highlight uh, one of these Austin P guys, that uh, I, I, that does have my interest, and that is running back Javon Jackson, uh, freshman last year at Austin P. Ran the ball 239 times for 1,339 yards and nine touchdowns. Um, we'll see if that can translate to the FBS, but I gotta believe that you know he's gonna get the, he's he's gonna be their man. He's gonna get their shot to uh, to kind of lead this uh, UTEP rushing attack. That's probably the one guy that that kind of has my interest from a fantasy perspective right now for Utah. Um, and then kind of take a wait and see approach there on quarterback and and receiver. I was going to try to look up uh, a couple of these guys' stats. Do you have any of those uh, available or um, other than Javon Jackson? Um, no, I don't. Javon Jackson's the only one I had readily available. So uh, Cam Thomas, uh, 50 receptions for 629 yards, five touchdowns. He was third on the team in receiving. Uh, let's hear. Who else do we got? That was Cam What about uh, quarterback Skyler Locklear? Was he their starter last year? Uh, no. That looks like it was Mike... DeLeo, uh, Lockler got in two games. He was three for four. What did uh, – so, so just looking at their stats, it looks like a more like a running team than a passing team. Uh, I have to, Austin like, click Pete. on – let's see here. Give me a quick second. I have to, like, click on. So points per game, 34.08 points per game. Rushing 
wise. I mean, they throw the ball a fair amount. <coughs> Let's see here. So they average 274 passing and 152 on the ground. So more of a passing team than a rushing team. Um, 18 touchdowns on the ground, 30 in the air. So I'm going to go with more passing. And I would assume, uh, given Skyler Lockler's move over, uh, he's probably the shoe-in to uh, start, would be my guess, knowing the, the playbook and and whatnot being that. Definitely, he has, he has a leg up at least, right? Yeah. All right, so that brings us to our final team of the evening, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Uh, coaching changes, not so much a change, but an addition. Uh, here just within the last week, Will Friend, OC and O-line coach, uh, comes in. Again, not crazy about OC and O-line. I'm trying to think of who their OC was this last year. Uh, it was um, Hollingshead. Was it yeah. Drew Hollingshead who came over? He was a wide receiver coach. At Mississippi State. And was Mississippi State under uh, Mike Leach. Uh, Mike Leach. Yep. So, again, another Mississippi State guy comes over who is under Mike Leach. Um, but he was the O-line coach at Mississippi State. So I'm trying to, like, piece together what Western Michigan is – or not Western Michigan. Western Kentucky is trying to do here um, because we talked about it last year. There, there was something off. I, I really don't think Austin Reed changed a lot, you know, from the previous year where he was a top quarterback for a fantasy perspective to last year where he was average uh, up and down, especially here in conference play. And you had Corley, like you had, you had guys. Well, now you lose Corley. Uh, sorry to, to burst your bubble with who's leaving. Um, but you don't have wide receivers that, you know, I think can really take this team to the next level. Um, and you got a new quarterback. I just don't know what adding a co-OC. Um, I guess I haven't seen that it's co-OC, but they're both listed as OCs. So I'm just going to assume. I just don't know what an O-line uh, OC and and him are going to do together. And I'm wondering if they're going to maybe shift to a run approach, which would be kind of gross, I guess, from a Western <laughs> Kentucky, like of what you expect, Yeah, you know, and especially, you know, being under uh, a Mike Leach kind of coach team where you're, you know, you're throwing the ball a lot. So it wouldn't make sense, but I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to make sense of, an O-line coach. And I think I think their players are going to get overdrafted, right? Because because of Austin Reed and Corley. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Maybe maybe that won't happen, uh, but that's that's what I think will happen. Um, as far as who's leaving, you, you already covered on the two biggest ones. Austin Reed and Malachi Corley are both off to uh, pursue the NFL. Uh, quarterback Bronson Barron is off to Southern Utah. 
Wide receiver Blue Smith is in the portal. No destination yet. The same with wide receiver Jimmy Holiday. Uh, running back Marquis Stepp is out of eligibility. And they also lose a lot of their offensive line starters um, that were in the portal. Who's coming in? Uh, quarterback TJ Finley from Texas State is coming in. Running back Teron Keith from Bowling Green. And wide receiver Kassan Johnson from Alabama State in the FCS um, are the guys coming in. Um, Finley, I'm assuming, is going to going to compete with Caden Veltkamp. Uh, Veltkamp was leaving um, because Western Kentucky told him they wanted him to be a tight end. He's like, no, nah, I want to play quarterback going into the portal. And uh, they ended up starting uh, Turner Helton in the bowl game. Turner Helton looked terrible. Veltkamp came in and just slung the ball all around, um, led them to a, a, from a 28-point deficit to victory. Uh, yeah, I got to see it up close in person and in person. Uh, I think he threw for like almost 400 yards. Um, yeah. So I think belt camp said, Hey, you know, I can play quarterback boys. Um, he, he removed his name for the portal return. So I, I got to assume that, Hey, after that performance, they said, Hey, you know, you maybe you should stay around by quarterback for us. Um, but I, I got to be- assume it's between him and TJ Finley, for that starting job. I would agree. Also, the whole TJ Finley thing has got my head kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Cause obviously uh, did great things there at Texas state. Then you bring in Jane Delora. All right. I'm out. Kind of sounded like he was on the fence to begin with. If he was coming back, mm-hmm. you know, uh, bring him in kind of makes my decision. Well, I do want to play football, but I want to leave now. And then, you know, the whole, Jaden Delora stuff uh, continues to unfold at Texas State. Now Texas State, um, he he unenrolls at Texas State, which then I'm wondering if he wouldn't have come in there. Does T.J. Finley leave? Does he not? Now he goes over here, Veldekamp. Hey, they want to make you a tight end. You got a spot start. You did really well. Are they moving you to tight end? Probably not because you removed your name from the portal but then here comes tj finley like i don't know there's a lot of weird stuff kind of going on here that definitely excited to see how the spring uh practices go but i fully anticipate split reps we don't want to lose either quarterback we're gonna make you both sync you can compete for this uh and that would be my guess um, running back, uh, Elijah Young returns, who was their leading rusher with 490 yards uh, this past season. As I mentioned, they brought in Teron Keith over from Bowling Green. Um, receiving the return, Dalvin Smith, who is another one that I'm kind of expecting to lose his tight end eligibility. Um, last, this past season, he had zero inline snaps, whereas at least the previous two years, he had some. Uh, this year he had none. Um, but he does return. Um, last year he was their second leading receiver, 50 catches for 513 yards and six touchdowns. He went absolutely bonkers in the bowl game. Um, he just, he's a size mismatch for most corners. He, he's, a, he's a very tall guy. Um, so he does create some mismatch 
with his size could be a great red zone target for Western Kentucky. Um, another receiver that uh, actually got drafted in our way too early mock draft, in my opinion, got drafted too high for my personal taste, but that was uh, freshman Easton Messer, who was their third leading receiver last year at 42 receptions, uh, 484 yards and four touchdowns. Um, and like I said, they lose uh, it's like three of their starting uh, offensive linemen um, to uh, to transfer. So they got a little bit of work to do there as well. Um, for me, it's, it's going to be an avoid just because I feel like we, we were, in my opinion, we've already seen it, especially with Easton Messer. Um, these guys are going to get overdrafted. And then Dalvin Smith, he loses that tight end eligibility. You know, he's not as enticing, um, you know, as a receiver. Still still definitely, you know, draft worthy, but uh, not as enticing if he's not a tight end. So, synopsis, Conference USA, <laughs> pretty much an avoid uh, for fantasy purposes. Not a lot going on here. Yeah, at least, uh, so, at least, at least, you know, this early, early in the off season, it, it does not look like a ton of great options available in Conference USA. So that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, next week, we will be going full bore with that sweet, sweet nectar on the G five, and we will be diving into the transfer portal. And our next conference up will be the Mid American Conference, the MAC. The MACTION is the MAC back. Uh, kind of got disappointed the last two years, I feel like it, it's been for the Maction. So we'll see what we've got going on in that conference next week. You know, as always, thank you for your support. Please like, subscribe, retweet, leave a five star review, all those things above. Uh, we are available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, at least till uh, April 2nd or so. Um, anywhere where you uh, listen to your podcasts, uh, we, we are there. Uh, again, appreciate Jared for letting us be a part of the way too early mock draft. Uh, appreciate everybody who watches, retweets. If you've got any questions, again, please feel free to reach out to at justice underscore 2318 or myself at Probasco Luke or at our G5 Hive account at G5 Hive. Uh, again, we are doing this because we thought it's interesting. It's nice to know going into the spring. Obviously, there'll be a slew of transfers uh, after the spring practice. But knowing where these coaches are coming and going from is important to know, I think, pre-spring and, and being aware of what maybe they might do offensively. But, yeah, this is stuff that we think you guys want. Make sure you let us know what you want to hear because, ultimately, you are our consumer. We want to, you know, we want to do what's best for you guys. So if you guys have any ideas, anything like that, just let us know. Justice, you got anything else? No, we'll, we'll see you next Monday uh, for the Mac. All right. Good night. Go! 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 Go!